Blog Talk Radio. Tonight is the night 
where WWE gives us payback. Um, it's an incredible month for the WWE because we're going to get an ex- uh, another, quote, pay-per-view that's going to be a network exclusive in a couple of weeks. So lots of big events going on in WWE land. But tonight, we are going to get you ready for payback. we got eight matches going on tonight. We're going to dissect. We're going to predict. We're going to give you our opinions. We're going to talk storylines. So many things to get through. Talking about payback tonight. And, you know, it, it's, it is so many things to talk about. I wouldn't be able to do it without my tag team partner who is on the line all the way from Connecticut. Dave, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening? I'm doing very well. Tonight, it's no baloney. The best pay-per-view pregame podcast in 1640, okay? That's right. The Ken Reedy Show. We're ready to do it tonight. Payback. Let's get right to it. And before we get, you know, there's, again, there's a lot to talk about. And it's an interesting, again, another one of those interesting pay-per-views, for me at least, that, you know, top to bottom, I think we got some potential to have some really good matches. Uh, you know, maybe the lead and maybe the storytelling has been okay. I'm not going to say it's been terrible. It's not been great. But we got some okay storytelling, but a lot of potential on the pay-per-view to be very entertaining. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. But I think the the biggest thing we got to talk about, and, you know, we speculated on the last show on Monday, and speaking of which, we'll be back tomorrow night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, to get you set for Monday Night Raw, our, our regular time slot every Monday, get you ready for Monday Night Raw. And, and last Monday we talked about uh, Daniel Bryan and speculated on what exactly he, he may have been doing on Monday Night Raw last week. Uh, all speculation, uh, I think most of us were thinking that he's probably going to relinquish the IC belt. Uh, unfortunately, all of us who thought that was, was gonna, what was going to happen, um, that is, in fact, what happened. Um, I, I am so impressed with Daniel Bryan. Um, I, you know, it, it, it might cheapen the moment to call it a promo, but I'm going to call it a promo anyway. I thought he did an excellent job with relinquishing the belt. Uh, I thought he cut a very, very heartfelt promo that, for obvious reasons, it was coming straight from the heart. Um, Feel for Daniel Bryan, uh, a guy with, with all the talent in the world that at this point, uh, combining his wrestling style uh, with the years of mileage on the body and the WWE schedule seemed to be for him, at least right now, a little bit too much for his body to handle. Uh, you know, breaking down last year, breaking down again. Um, you know, wish him all the best. Hope that he, he can recover. Um, but you get the sense that you know, at least from the promo on Monday night, that this might be it for Daniel Bryan. Um, this really might be the end of the road. We might be looking at retirement. Uh, you know, a great, great few years that he was able to put together in the WWE. Um, again, all the talent in the world. It's sad to see a guy with all this talent have to go, uh, perhaps, so early. Um, but, again, we talked about it on Monday night. I do think that depending on where his health is, uh, being on Tough Enough is a great spot for him to be in. Uh, the guy his size and, and how far he was able to go, uh, I think he, he'd be a great teacher. Um, and it's a great place to put him and keep him in the public eye if, in fact, he's able to come back. So I, I think it's a great role for him. I look forward to seeing what he adds to Tough Enough. And in all honesty, Dave, one of the things that I think he can bring to the table now is just conveying to pers- prospective students, you know, 
you never know when this could be taken from you. So when you get an opportunity, you know, you got to grab it by the cojones. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Daniel Bryan on Tough Enough. Again, wish him a speedy recovery. Um, and the one thing I will, I will end with this, and then, Dave, I want to get your take on Daniel Bryan. The one thing I was very impressed with with Daniel Bryan um, is within that promo, as he said goodbye, essentially, for who knows how long, um, you know, when you looked at what the WWE did at WrestleMania in trying to put over those secondary titles and putting guys like Daniel Bryan and John Cena in the roles of having these secondary titles uh, to help elevate them, and, you know, I think Cena's done a great job at elevating the U.S. title. You know, obviously Daniel Bryan has not been able to wrestle, so, um, you know, maybe not so much with elevating the IC title. However, I thought in the promo he put over that belt. He gave it, it, what he what he wasn't able to do within the squared circle. He did in that promo. He elevated the IC title, and whatever they wind up doing for the IC title, who winds up uh, getting the belt, getting the belt now post Daniel Bryan. Um, I, I think DB gave the the IC title a really nice rub on the way out, uh, saying the people deserve that title to be defended. Um, you know, so I, I thought it was, his promo. It was heartfelt, and it was it was a goodbye, and that was sad. But at the same time, he put over the belt. So kudos to Daniel Bryan. Wish him a speedy recovery. Hope we see him back sometime soon. My take on this whole situation, Ken, first, I, I will agree with you. Very heartfelt, um, very real. Um, I, so I can understand why you and maybe a lot of other people, a lot of wrestling fans, think that this, was, this could be the end of the road for him. Um, but... I think they were very careful, and Daniel Bryan was too. WWE and Daniel Bryan collectively were very careful in what exactly he was going to say in the promo. Because you don't want to give away too much as far as his condition goes, as well as you didn't want him to say that, like, if he truly felt that, like, this was the end for him. So it, sometimes, you know, at one point in the promo, when I was watching it, and I had to go back and watch it again, um, it came across to me like he wasn't even sure what was going to happen. Um, so it was, it was to me, it, 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 spe- it spells two things. One, either it's worse than they're making it out to be, and yes, you may be right, he could, this could be the end of the line for him, but they don't want to come out and say that without knowing all the facts, or two, it may not be as you know, depending on what the doctors say. Next time he sees a doctor, it may not be as bad as people are claiming it out to be. It may be it may be something that nobody knows. You know, it may be a condition that the doctors can't find with, with, with whatever's wrong with him. So I think with his situation, the possibilities are endless. What he brings to pump it up, he brings a lot of knowledge. His story of of, man, of a man his size breaking through the glass ceiling and having that big WrestleMania moment, I think, will be something great to convey to the, 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 the tough enough cast and the students. I think because of the unknown uh, circumstances of his condition, I don't think it would be the best for him to, like I said, he's going to have to, work, him and WWE collectively are going to have to word this very carefully, but I don't think it would be best for, for him to convey to the students or the cast members of tough enough the possibility of it all going away because at this moment in time, we don't know how long he's going to be out, if he's ever going to come back at all. So I don't think, I don't think kind of 
casting the the the, the role of beat up semi retired wrestler would be good for him going into tough enough. So um, what he did do great, like you said, was you know putting over the Intercontinental Championship. Um, I thought he would have been a great Intercontinental Champion. Unfortunately, circumstances have, 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 have uh, you know changed that. But I mean, it's sad to see that you know this has happened to him. I do wish him. A, I wouldn't necessarily say wish him a speedy recovery because the last time we all wished him a speedy recovery, he came back and he got hurt again. So. Like you said last week on the show, if he goes away for a long time and it's something that he can recover from and come back and be better and stronger than ever, then, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, whether it's a year, a year and a half, whatever the case is, you know. It, but, if it's, I mean, his health is more important than anything else, to me, in my opinion. So whether he comes back or not, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very difficult situation. Everything I've read, nobody really knows what's wrong with him. I mean, we've heard banged up. We've heard concussion. We've heard this could possibly have something to do with his neck. Nothing has really come out, you know, through the through the dirt sheet. And yes, I take the dirt sheet with a grain of salt. But in this situation, nothing has really even come out to the dirt sheet as to what exactly his problem is and what's wrong with him. So, like I said, that could tell two things: one, either it's really bad and he's not coming back, or the doctors don't know what's going on and it could be. It could be something different that he could bounce back from. So it's a very touchy and different, and, and different situation than most of the guys who have been injured before. So um, from what I've been hearing through the dirt sheet, they want to put him in a non-wrestling role. So he'll be around to promote Tough Enough. Um, he's got a DVD documentary coming out at the beginning of next month, so they'll probably have much TV to promote that. He's got an autobiography coming out. So any chance they get to put him on TV – to promote things that he's involved in will be a plus for the audience. You get to see Daniel Bryan, but will also be a plus for WWE as well. So, um, like I said, they're looking for non-wrestling roles for him in the event that he can't return. So, it looks like right now they're just they're at the wait and see approach with whatever the, his, his condition is. Yeah, and the thing is, that, and you know, you never know. With again, you're 100 percent right. The dirt sheet you always take with a grain of salt. Um, but sometimes, like with injuries, you know, it, it winds up being uh, detective work, and it may be the vague nature, like you said, maybe it's very serious, or maybe they just don't know, you know, and especially when there's, like, nerve issues and stuff, if someone's having numbness, sometimes you can't exactly peg down uh, what the problem is, um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's a tough spot to be in if if that's, in fact, what's going on, and you're right, you know, Speedy recovery, when I say that, I mean as quick as possible for him if he's 100%. Like, the last thing in the world we need right now, I think it's it's become abundantly clear that if Daniel Bryan is able to wrestle again, like, they need to wait. They need to give him time. Um, and, and if you find him roles where he can continue to be in front of the camera, continue to be relevant, um, you know, that's that's the smart move. I mean, Daniel Bryan, the brand, is still marketable. Um, you know, I, I just because Daniel Bryant's on the shelf does not mean he's not going to sell merchandise. You know, that name is still, uh, it's still worth some of the WWE. So on a, on a purely business level, uh, you, you want to keep him in the, in the forefront. And at the same time, if he's able to come back, you don't want to be, a, you know, you don't necessarily want him to be a guy that, like, people forgot about and now all of a sudden he's back. Um, so it's a smart move looking for non-wrestling roles for him. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's like, I mean, you know, I've had injuries, um, you know, my last knee surgery, there was a little bit of detective work, not a lot, but it was frustrating, like trying to figure out exactly what was going on with it. And, uh, I can't imagine what this guy must be going through right now. Um, you know, staring and, and it seems like, you know, when they, they, they talk and like when Daniel Bryan cuts his promo, you know, which has got to be very frustrating if, if this in fact is what's going on. That when he says it could be weeks, it could be months, I could be done. You know, and, and again, it could be that he's just really good at cutting a promo, but it seemed pretty genuine that that's going to be pretty frustrating that, you know, the doctors are saying, yeah, we don't know. You know, and, and we could figure it out. You might have a surgery and rehab it, and, uh, you know, we may, we may get you in the ring by SummerSlam. Or it might all be over. I mean, that's just like for, for a guy like Daniel Bryan who's reached the top of the mountain, that's got to be like it's the toughest spot in the world to, to be in, to just not know, you know, when and if he's he's ever able to come back. But, uh, you know, I do look forward to seeing him on Tough Enough. Um, I'm sure as, as uh, time goes on, hopefully we'll get more information on exactly what his injuries are and uh, – you know, hopefully we, we see him back at some point, but at least we'll get to see him on TV. So, I mean, I think for, for uh, the wrestling world, that was probably the biggest uh, news over the course of the week. And even, you know, at the end of his promo, there was kind of a finality to it. You know, it, it seemed like a retirement. Uh, even someone on Facebook posted, uh, it felt like Edge. Um, you know, and Edge definitively hung it up, but... They said just felt like that. And, uh, you know, the thank you, Daniel, just had that kind of finality. But uh, hopefully that's not the case, and we see Daniel Bryan back um, as soon as he can get healthy. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number for you to call tonight on the best, the best pregame show around, getting you ready for WWE's payback. And that's exactly what we're going to start doing is we're going to start getting you ready right now for payback. And, uh, you know, one of the things, I, you know, we talked a little bit about it on Monday, and I want to further talk about it. Um, and in the pre-show match, and let's start there, uh, the Meta Powers, Curtis Axel and Macho Mandau versus the Ascension. I, I don't know if there's any match that could have me less excited. Um, I, I'm very happy to be on the air during this, uh, this matchup. Um, and... You know, it's I get why Curtis Axel is doing this Hogan gimmick. Uh, he was in relative obscurity. Uh, the Macho Mandow gimmick, I, I just can't stand it. I really can't stand it. Um, there, there are a couple reasons for me. Uh, number one, part of it is it's kind of, I, 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 you know, I, I want to believe that Damien Sandow in real life is probably a great admirer of Macho Man. So I'm not, I'm not blaming Sandow at all. But there, there is part of it that seems like he's making fun of Macho Man. Uh, Macho Man has passed. He just went in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I just don't like it uh, on, on that level. And again, I'm not blaming Sanda. I just, I, there's something uneasy. You know, there's part of me that could, you know, picture uh, Lanny Poffo watching it and kind of just shaking his head and rolling his eyes. I, I just, not a big fan. Um. And, and I just, I really think that Sandow is such a talented guy. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I like his, his in-ring work. I like his promo work. 
Um, I liked his original character, but if you want to evolve from there, I think Sandow could just cut a normal promo without needing a shtick to it. I I, I hated the, the shaking of the hands, the, the the reminiscent of the mega powers. I I just don't like it even a little bit. And I, to me, they're wasting uh, a talent in, in Mandow. You know, this match will probably be good for a few laughs. Uh, but all in all, I, I, I don't know, Dave. I'm, I'm just not... And, and, you know, we haven't seen great work out of the Ascension since they've they've come over, uh, come up from NXT. Um, not a lot to get excited for in uh, this matchup. No, not at all. Um, the Ascension has essentially been treated like a joke. Um, you know, they brought them up to the main roster and you know, I, I'm no fault of their own. I think, personally, they were put in a position that they weren't ready for. Um, looking back on them, when I've watched the Ascension, the, the most of the Ascension I watched down in NXT, they they did like a like you know the, a Road Warrior style similar type gimmick, and it was over with that audience. Um, but they were beaten up like you know enhancement talent, and they had maybe a couple of you know, decent tag matches with, like, the Lucha Dragons or, who, you know, another team, I don't remember. But for the most part, they were beating up, you know, no-name talent on their show on NXT. And then they bring up the main roster, and they try and do the same thing. And it was just, I think the audience has seen that same formula. Like, they did it with Ryback a few years ago. They've done it with, you know, they did it with Rusev last year. Um, so I think that's what the, the problem was. They were just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, they weren't brought in properly. And I think, uh, you know, they need a reboot. Um, as far as this, this this pairing between Sandow and Axel, like you said, I agree with you. Axel was kind of floundering, didn't really have anything going on. This has kind of brought some new life to, 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 to him and has, has made him relevant. Sandow, on the other hand, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, he was very entertaining with Miz, and then they built that up, and they built that up, and they built it up so well to the point where at WrestleMania, like, uh, the you know the, the the hot air balloon exploded. All the heat inside the balloon it exploded when Sandow tossed the Miz over the top rope, and he was finally broken free. And I thought after that we would have saw we would have seen something different. But I just didn't understand why they made him continue at one you know for a few weeks following WrestleMania to come out to the same music, the same look, try to pretend to be the Miz. You you just dumped your mentor, the guy that that. that that you know had been pushing you around for God knows how long, and you still want to be like him? Like to me, I just didn't see the logic in that. So then after that, they 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 finally fought over the Miz brand, which I'm glad the Miz won because there's only one Miz, and you know he can keep that brand. But when they when they when they brought Sandow back, and I was like, okay, now we got a real fresh start with him. And then they just kind of like they went back to what he did before was imitating, and like, and I just think like. That whole, you know, if they don't know what they're going to do with the guy, then they have him come out and they do impersonations to see how if he can get over. Like, that that formula I just don't think works anymore. Charlie Haas did it a few years back. Stevie Richards did. A lot of guys have done the whole imitation gimmick. And it just is old to me. Like, I, I, I don't care for it. I would have done a, a much more amped up, aggressive version, like I said a few years ago, of the, the original Damien Sandow character where, you know, he comes out with the with the intelligent words, and yeah, I would have I would have I would have had him turn on the audience and, and kind of do his own thing. 
Um, but they're doing this now. Let's hope it's short-lived. Let's hope after tonight we don't see any more of this. It's not entertaining. It's not funny to me. Um, you know, all, all, all respect to Randy Savage, the late Randy Savage. I, I don't think there should be anybody that's imitating him and duplicating him. Um, and let's hope after tonight this all goes away. My prediction, stand out and Axel. And I'm going to agree with you right there. I think they're going to win, and I think we're going to have, like, a goofy uh, celebration afterwards. I, I just, you know, I, I just don't get it. And you're you know, 100%, 100% right. I, I mean, you, you finally break out of the the Miz. The Miz's shadow, okay? We're not we're not talking about John Cena or, or, or Hulk Hogan or some legend. No, you broke out of the Miz's shadow. And you're fighting over the brand, uh, you know that storytelling didn't make any sense. And I'll tell you something, man. Like, and I have been, you know, number one Miz hater for years doing this show. We've been doing this show for a long time, and you know. But I'll say something, man. The Miz and this character, uh, as a mid card heel, as the, the obnoxious Hollywood type, is perfect for him. He plays it well. The crowd hates him. He, he's a true heel. You know, he's not a heel that's getting a lot of cheers. He's getting booed almost universally. Um, his character works. And it seemed like there was a spot where they really didn't know what to do with Sandow. They gave him the stunt person gimmick. It worked. It worked for laughs. It got the crowd really back behind Sandow. And then you finally break out, which was – and that whole se- sequence and that whole program was really good storytelling. It was really, really well done. The subtleties of how, you know, initially they were just, they were totally together. You know, he, Sandow was Miz's stunt double. That's it. It works. That's, this is what we are. And then slowly, the slow burn of, of Sandow starting to just kind of want his own identity in the context of the two of them. And the crowd getting behind Sandow. And the slow build. And then, like you said, then it finally bursts. And, and Sandow is going to break away from The Miz. And then what does he do after he breaks out of the shadow of, of this guy? He fights for the brand and then loses and now is impersonating someone else. Like, you, you fought to, to be your own man. You fought to get out of the shadow of a guy that was keeping you under his thumb just to start impersonating someone else. I, I mean, it's one of those weird things where, like, you know, we're critical of the writing a lot, and, you know, but you got to, when things work, things work. And I thought they did a nice job the way they slowly built the Sandow Miz thing. I, I thought that was a nice mid card slow build with the two of them. It just, to me, makes absolutely zero sense for him to now to be impersonating Macho Man. It just, it, it makes no sense to me. And I, you know, what what concerns me, honestly, Dave, is I, I agree with you. Like I, I I don't I you know I shouldn't say that. I don't know if I agree with you or if I'm just being optimistic because like I want it to be a short lived gimmick. I want this to to end quickly. Um, you know I want the meta powers to explode as soon as possible and Sandow to go away from this. However, what I'm fearful of is the crowd getting into it. And and them doing a goofy celebration afterwards, and the WWE looking at it and saying, the crowd liked it, let's run with this for a while, and having the meta powers exist for a bit, which, to me, the gimmick, look, 
on, on like short term, yes, you're going to get a good crowd reaction. You're going to get some laughs. I get all that. Long term, where the hell do you go out of this? It, it doesn't really have legs. And then at the end of the day, when this this you know macho Mandow gimmick is over, you're still left with what the hell do you do with Damian Sandow? I uh, you know like that's that's the sixty four thousand dollar question is what do you do with Damian Sandow when this is all said and done? Hell, we could even say the same thing for what do you do with Curtis Axel? I mean, they've he. You know, let's let's take the focus off of Sandow for a minute. He's very talented. I believe Axel's a very talented person in terms of his in-ring ability, okay? He hasn't quite found it yet in terms of his character. And this is the closest thing to, you know, this Axel-mania thing that he's got running right now is probably the closest thing to to him being relevant since his run with Paul Heyman. I mean, he... What, what are you going to do with him when it's all said and done? I mean, how many, how much longer are you going to have him say that he was never eliminated from the Royal Rumble, you know? Or how much longer are you going to have him wearing the Hogan shirt? I mean, I would have thought that after WrestleMania, when they eliminated him, the, the first guy in that battle royal, that he would have stopped the gimmick completely. But, I, I mean, part of me thinks that, like, they don't have a plan for either one of them. So, all right, they're both doing impersonations. They're both kind of got like a goofy baby face, you know, mid-card baby face kind of thing. Oh, we'll just set them up as a tag team and see what happens there. And if they get more popular or if they, you know, if they, if they, if they cause, you know, some subtraction and, and, and are turning some heads, then we'll put more emphasis on it. But for the time being, we're going to leave them right here and let them do this. Like, that's how it comes across to me, at least when it comes to the two of them. And actually, I think it's in the same position, too. I mean, he's a very talented hand, so talented. I might add, that when The Rock was coming back to train for his match with John Cena at the first WrestleMania in, in Miami, he had chosen Joe Hammond, Curtis Axel, whatever you want to call him, Michael McGillicuddy, to be his ring partner and run the ropes with him because he knew how talented the kid was in the ring, bell to bell, the mechanic. To me, I mean, they tried with Heyman, putting him together. They just keep trying and trying with other things. The Axel Mania thing is the closest thing to some form of success that he has had. I don't know. Like I said, after tonight, let's hope that this all goes away. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is with the two of them, like I don't necessarily like strip the gimmicks away. I, I I could see them actually being a decent tag team, and maybe that maybe that's the route creatively they should go. Maybe at some point you just kind of start to pull away the 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 meta powers gimmick, and you just kind of let them just be. Curtis Axel and Damian Sandow, but, you know, maybe they would work well as a tag team. I mean, the one thing, you're right, I think Curtis Axel is very talented. He, not as much on the microphone. He's still, like, you know, finding that niche of really cutting a promo. To me, Sandow is the, the total package. He's good in the ring. He's good on the mic. Maybe just keeping these guys as a tag team as, as they continue to, you know, increase and revamp and and. and put guys in this tag team division, and I kind of like what they've been doing moving forward in the tag team division. I mean, maybe that's it, Dave. Maybe it's just, you know, take away the macho and, and the Axel mania, and, and maybe you can have these guys as a tag team uh, going forward. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you said, you said the tag team division, it's been building, it's been, it, it, you know, it's been growing. It's been the best it's been since 
the early 2000s with Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys in terms of consistency and building tag teams and making the titles feel very important, at least in my opinion. So maybe they do something where they just kind of go to their go to their roots and 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 maybe repackage themselves after all this you know comedic hoopla gets out of their system. I don't know. Part of me thinks too that like it would be a lot harder for them on their own to to kind of break away from the from from the, uh, the 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 comedic gimmicks and kind of go a little more serious together as a team, where having a mouthpiece with them might help. Somebody that they can talk for them. Somebody that can, um, you know, be their you know their their like their manager. You know, maybe 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 they bring somebody from NXT to be their manager. Maybe they I don't know. I'm kind of grasping at straws here, but like. To me, I just don't see a whole lot of success long term with with them in the position that they're in right now. But maybe some revamping. I don't know. I mean, Axel. You know what? Axel did great in, in tag team work when he was with Ryback last year. They had a good little thing going on, and I, I felt that that worked, and they could have kept going with that. But they got plans for Ryback, and that's cool. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm all, I'm I'm all set with the, with, with the with the meta powers, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I think we're we're in in line for a real goofy uh, celebration at the end. Um, remains to be seen, but it, it's one of they those weird things. <laughs> oh, if, they're gonna, if they're gonna go all out, they need a Miss Elizabeth. But again, though, it's one of those. I I just don't I don't like it though, Dave. I, I, like it's and I again, I'm not bl- I'm not blaming Sandow. I just feel like it's not like it's almost disrespecting their memory. I just and you're right, it wouldn't shock me at all if there's some someone steps in tonight as a valet and, and, and grabs the, the Miss Elizabeth role, but I just I, I don't like it at all. And I I just think you have two guys that are, are really talented that you could be doing, you know, more things with. And and you know, one of the things we'll talk about, you know, their match a little later, but like a guy like, you know, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, a guy that you know, guys that uh you know, again were kind of floundering around and just Stuck them together, and I, I really enjoy them as a tag team. So I don't know. Let's let's see how this goes. Hopefully, they don't stick with the meta powers for too long. But again, you, this show, like we're, we're not supporters of the meta powers. Three four seven eight three nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the the phone for a little bit. Uh, so you got Anthony who's online. Anthony, are you there? What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing all right. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, one second. You're out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, couldn't agree with you more about the meta-powered stuff. Um, it almost seems to me like, you know, like some 23-year-old kid writer was watching the network one day and was like, oh, look, it's the mega, you know, it's the mega-powered, and we got, you know, Axel Mania. Maybe we can make Mizdow be Macho Man. Oh, that's really, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. it I know you're trying to find, and they are doing a really good job, and it's one of the things I was going to bring up, of trying to create more venues for the mid-carters to, uh, you know, kind of stand out with the Elimination Chamber coming back, and we saw the King of the Ring not too long ago, and with the, you know, supposed mid-card titles gaining more prominence. So they are heading that direction, which I think we all wanted. But then you get this, and it's almost like, Really? Is this is is this what we're gonna to have to deal with when it comes to some of these guys? But you know, I don't want to be overly negative because I am 
somewhat excited for payback. You know, some of the matches I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously, the main event. Uh, my guy's in it, so I'm ready for it. Reigns, uh, I don't think he'll win. I'll be rooting for him. I don't think he'll win, nor might not be the right time anyway. Um, I, I would think Rollins would retain. I'd be surprised. And if he didn't, uh, I would say the uh, 1A choice would probably be Ambrose right now. Uh, I don't know if I see him as being the face of the company over a long period of time, but uh, if if somebody was going to win it, not not having Rollins retain, I would think it would be him. Um, but again, I think Rollins will retain. And you know, going to Cena, Cena and Rusev, I'm kind of torn on it because it's almost like you know, you know, Cena got the last two, and you know, maybe he puts Rusev over here, but you also have the guy who you know stands by, never give up, the whole thing. How does he lose an I quit match? Uh, I, I think the match will be good, but I, I kind of, I don't know if they want to, if, if anybody wants to hear Rusev say I quit, but how does Cena say I quit? So I think there might be some, you know, finagling with the finish of that match. Well, Dave, I think you had kind of brought up a snare with, I think you brought it up where how you think this match was going to end, and, and why not Long, talk about this? Lana will say I quit for him, or she'll throw in the towel to protect Russo. I'm sorry, well, it will, Cena will get the win. That will be like, you know, the, the, the finality, the, the final chapter. Cena will get the win because Lana will be so fed up with the way Rusev has been treating her and berating her and, and you know, kind of, you know, bullying her. Kind of doing, you know, the the, the Mark Marrow, Wildman Mark Marrow, the fable kind of thing where, you know, he, he doesn't want her stealing the spotlight, so he just kind of pushes her off to the side. So I think she'll be sick of it, and she'll say, I quit for him. Or she'll, or she'll throw in the towel. I mean, a lot of things have happened when it comes to gimmick matches in WWE where, you know, they've gotten around some stipulations, or they've created some loopholes, like a few years ago. Years ago, there was a, a, I think there was a, an I Quit match with, um, with Del Rio and Swagger, and they used instant replay during the match because there was some form of interference. Now, usually, I Quit matches are no disqualification, but they used instant replay. I haven't seen instant replay in WWE since. So, it would shock one bit if, if Lana were to cross through that, and then that's it. That's the split right there. She's done. She leaves him. It doesn't him because he never said I quit and he's still this Russian monster that will kill the next guy that gets in front of him because he's pissed off at what happened to him due to Lana. So that's what we're going to do predictions. John Cena wins because Lana told Bruce that I quit. Well, it, it, it makes sense. Um, I could definitely, uh, that's all I had crossed my mind. I didn't know how they would get to that point, but in the direction they've been playing, I mean, it, it definitely kind of makes sense. You know, I'm also... You know, finally, 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 uh, a, a big spot for Ryback. You know, Bray Wyatt has pretty much wrestled the who's who of the WWE at this point the last two years. So finally, Ryback's getting a little bit of a push. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably going to lose to Wyatt because they probably owe, owe Wyatt one here for taking the L's on so many people lately. But even if he does, I don't, I don't really think it hurts him. I just think... Him being in, 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 a, in a major storyline is, is good for his character, finally. 
you know, since he, he came back from his injury and he's gotten big pops and he did, the, you know, the whole fired, rehired thing, you know, it's kind of been like, all right, when is Ryback going to get that big, you know, that big push? And I think maybe he's uh, starting to get it a little bit, so I'm, I am looking forward to that one too. And uh, I just wanted to bring up one more thing. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but I watched it this morning, the uh, the 24 on uh, Reigns, which uh, was basically his kind of lead-up uh, during the match at WrestleMania and then afterwards. I, 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 for me, it was... I'm a, You guys know I'm a huge Reigns guy, but I thought it was just outstanding. Uh, gained even more of an appreciation for the guy and more of an appreciation for the network because these kind of things, is like they make the network worth the money. Whether you're happy with the product or not, you watch something like that and it kind of gives you some inside stuff that you never would have seen. And for me... You know, if you're going to spend 10 bucks a month, with, month with, it's not a lot of money, don't get me wrong, but there's always other ways to find added value in it, and I, and I think shows like that uh, definitely add value to the network, if anything else. I agree. I mean, we talked about it in the last show a bit, and, and I thought it was so well done. Uh, I thought it was a great documentary. I'm, I'm, like, behind him even more now, and I, I agree. I don't think that, like, we'll – I don't think he wins tonight. Um, but I, I thought it was really well done. I, I think the WWE, you know, stuff they're putting on the network, especially the original programming, has been uh, solid to great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and it, it makes you laugh, you know, when people are like, oh, we're going to cancel the network because this guy didn't win or something. It's like, oh, give me a break. Like, look what you're getting. The value is there. It's, if you're a wrestling fan, it's there. I mean, if you're not a wrestling fan, I can see it, but... And then, you know, you know, you guys were talking about Brian before, and, you know, it's cool he's going to be on Tough Enough. Um, you know, like like I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, you're putting your heart and soul into something, and then injuries, you know, may or may not have taken it away from you. Uh, just watching his promo on Monday, I got the feeling that it's not good. You know, I know, you know, you can say, well, you know, it's up in the air and this and that, but... If you look at the, you know, the history of the whole thing, you know, he's out for nine months, comes back for a few months, he's out again. It just, it doesn't seem good. And, you know, as much as I'd like to see him perform again or whatever, you know, whatever else, you know, you look at some of these older guys who are just, you know, basically can't even walk. And it's just like, you know, I don't know what his financial status is or anything else, but you, you'd hope that, just for his own sake, he thinks about his his quality of life. In addition, you know, I know he, I know he's a performer and he wants to perform for people, but you know, Brian, for yourself, think about your quality of life before you, you know, put yourself in a position where you have a, you know, a life threatening or, you know, an injury that puts you in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. I don't think anybody wants to see that as much as you want to see him perform. Uh, I think caution is the best, uh, you know, the best avenue for them and, and himself. Yeah, again, like, you know, Daniel Bryan, I hope that, you know, I, it's, it's tough now. You just, like, wish him the best, though. And, and uh, you know, hopefully he's able to, to put this stuff behind him. But you're right. I mean, you, you watch some of these legends, you, you know, it's it's tough, and you just kind of hope whatever decision he makes, it's uh, the right one for him and his health and his family. Anthony, as always, thanks a lot for the phone call. Uh, enjoy payback tonight, and uh, give us a call tomorrow night, and hopefully you get a kick-ass pay-per-view to dissect on tomorrow's show. 
Yeah, no doubt, guys. I uh, look forward to it. Enjoy, and I will uh, be listening and speaking to you tomorrow. Take care. Very cool. Take it easy, bro. Bye. Good stuff there. And, um, you know, interesting, I mean, talking about the Cena match and, uh, you know, the I Quit match, and you're right, like, you never know, like, what kind of stiffs are going to put or uh, shenanigans are going to happen in, in an I Quit match. Um, but, I, you know, I... I'm right there with you. I think this is, and it's perfect. It's it's really just a perfect scenario. Um, look, it's 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 John Cena in an I Quit match. Um, let, you know, let's let's face facts. And then, and, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I mean, John Cena, you know, he's who he is in the company. He's he's the uh, he's the top guy. He's he's the top babyface, and he's you know part of his character has always been, um, you know, this never give up thing. So, I, I mean, you know, in an I Quit match, you know, John Cena, you know, may lose a lot of matches in a variety of different ways. But, you know, if, if you're able to go to Vegas and put money down, uh, you know, bet your life savings on John Cena when it's an I Quit match. Um, you know, he's he's not losing an I Quit match. Uh, you know, I mean, may, maybe you have something like, you know, maybe they showed the video on uh, – you know, Monday where uh, there's some audio shenanigans uh, similar to Rock Mankind. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't think we, we have... Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think there's any way Cena loses tonight. I, I like your scenario, Dave. I think Lana you know, throws in the towel or something. Um, and then we have an, an absolutely irate uh, Rusev going forward, uh, definitively separating the two of them. And... Uh, you know, in losing an I quit match, or maybe we get a, a even even more brutal Rusev, uh, just absolutely frustrated and uh, you know mad at the world that uh, you know we have a, a loose cannon kind of Rusev, and uh, um, you know I, I don't think I don't necessarily think in this in this sort of scenario that Rusev loses a lot. Um, so I, I think that I. I that's if I was a betting man. That's where I'd go. I think Cena wins. Uh, Lana is the one that quits for Rusev. And uh, what I'm I'm actually curious about is going forward now with John Cena. Like how long? You got to figure at some point John Cena is going to move uh, away from the U.S. title. Um, I did find it interesting, Dave, on Monday night that um, you know not that John Cena has kicked out of finishers, uh, but Neville landed his finisher and. You could make the case in, in, in wrestling lore uh, that, that Neville had Cena beat and Rusev uh, basically saved the day almost for John Cena uh, in losing his U.S. title. Um, I'm wondering now, do we see Neville get a, get a rematch on, on Monday night? Do we have John Cena's next uh, program come down and, and do some interfering and, and maybe Neville walks away with the U.S. title? And John Cena moves away from that. Um, I do think we're going to see Neville get a rematch, uh, but I, I did find it interesting that Neville landed his finisher before Rusev interfered on Monday night. Well, that finish served a few purposes. One, Neville's you know one of the the, the call ups from NXT, and they've been very careful in how they booked him and how they wanted his character to be portrayed. They they they're investing time in him because. He's very popular right now. What he's been doing has been working. He's been working with Barrett. He's going to have a match with Barrett tonight. We'll talk about that later. Um, stuff with Sheamus, too. He's been really good with that. Um, excuse me for a minute. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do a show here, and there, there are kids yelling and screaming outside my window in my office, so I will have to close the window. Sorry about that. Anyhow, like I was saying, anything can happen. It's live radio, people. Live radio here, okay? Um, 
where was I? Neville, yeah. Been very careful what they've been doing with him. Um, and I think the, the situation that took place Monday night, it helped get Neville over that he, he came within inches, within seconds of beating John Cena if it wasn't for Rusev. I think they leave that opportunity open down the line if they want to give Neville a run with the United States title and they want to get the title off of John Cena. I think, I don't know how soon that would happen with Neville and Cena, but it, 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 it happened Monday night so that they could go back to it if they want to. Okay? Um, so I, I think that, you know, as time goes on with the John Cena thing, I mean, it's been, to me, in my opinion, since WrestleMania, in my personal opinion, we've talked about we've been critical of the writing. Raw has not been the best. Storylines have not been the greatest. They've just been kind of average, okay. They weren't kick-ass like WrestleMania was. We were, we're, we're in the middle of that WrestleMania hangover. The best thing about Monday Night Raw since WrestleMania has been these John Cena open challenges because he's been working with younger talent. Stardust, Wade Barrett, um, Sammy Zayn, you know, uh, what's his name? Neville. I mean, let's go on. I can, I can name more, but... It's been the most consistent and the best stuff that we've seen. Cena's done a great job in elevating the United States title as well as elevating certain talents that he's been in the ring with. So Monday night was a prime example. I saw a tweet from Bully Ray about it, about that match on Monday night. It's something to the effect of, and I don't know word for word, but something to the effect of it's not about beating somebody to get over. I don't remember exactly, but basically he said that's how you get over. You don't have to win to get over. And that's what Cena did. He helped get him over. And Lance Storm. Lance Storm had a tweet that said something about um, Cena being, you know, the, the guy that gets the chance of uh, you can't wrestle and, and, and you suck, but he's in, a, he's in a match where everyone's chanting, this is awesome. So I've been loving what they've been doing with Cena in this United States Championship thing. And I think it's set up for not Neville to take the title from him, but somebody within the mid-card, like maybe, maybe a Dolph Ziggler, Hell, maybe even Dean Ambrose. You know, we can get into that another time. But uh, I don't see Neville going after the title after uh, you know after Cena for a little while. But I think what happened Monday night has got that possibility because of the way that they you know scripted the finish. Great. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I mean we'll see what happens. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we get a rematch on uh, Monday, and that's especially if, if everything plays out the way we think it's going to play out, and John Cena is going to be walking into uh, Monday Night Raw still the U.S. champion. But, you know, the one thing getting back to the match tonight, and again, I, I enjoy Cena and Rusev. Um, I just like the, the hard-hitting style, uh, you know, and, and, and you're right, man. Like, John Cena's never going to get any love. Like, you know, when, when John Cena has a bad match, it's all Cena's fault. When he has a great match, it's all the other guy. Like, John Cena just can never win with certain fans. And uh, you're right. I, I mean, the, the open challenge has, has been really good. And it's been a good, solid uh, mid-card uh, portion of the programming. And, uh, you know, John Cena putting over the belt. Um, putting over the belt is not just, you know, it, it's not like he's flippantly just calling it the U.S. title. You know, it's the United States championship you know i mean he's bringing a level of patriotism to this belt um he's really successfully put it over and the good thing now and we'll see whether it's neville or someone else down the road a piece this title matters and the next guy the guy who eventually beat cena for this belt um it's not a throwaway now it's going to mean something it's going to really help to put 
someone over, and you know, I would suspect it's going to be a newer type talent. Uh, but the next guy to wear that U.S. title, uh, it, it's really going to matter, Dave. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Cena, like I said, every week he's defended the title. He's treated it with such importance. And, and in my opinion, he has taken that title and treated it with more importance than some, I'm not saying all, but some of his runs as WWE champion in the past. I mean, I've never seen um, them have more focus on wanting to make a secondary championship as important in recent years. I mean, they've been doing it with the Intercontinental title, uh, you know, up until WrestleMania. And they've been doing, and now they're doing it with the United States title. Um, so, it's, whoever wins, it's it's going to be a big deal, in my opinion. And I think they're just trying to figure out the right guy to do it. The rumors were after WrestleMania, especially after that first match with, with uh, Dean Ambrose and John Cena, that WWE wanted to give Ambrose a big push this summer towards the United States Championship. And part of me thinks that the original plan was to be Ambrose dethroning Cena, and that's how you would start his ascent back to the main event by having him reclaim the United States Championship being John Cena. Time will tell who that individual is going to be, but like you, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's gonna blow. It's gonna. It's gonna help somebody by beating John Cena for the United States title after he's had all these successful and exciting title matches for the U.S. title every week since he won it. And just so you know, the, the actual tweet, um, you know, I, I found it on Bully Ray's Twitter. Uh, he said, like Sami Zayn last week at WWE Neville, this week proof you don't have to, in caps, go over to, in caps, get over. Great job. So, you know, John Cena's doing a hell of a job with that U.S. title. And, you know, it, it's a weird kind of thing because, you, you know, it's kind of, you know, he's building it up to, like, the guy who dethrones him is really going to be over. But at the same time, I'm enjoying this weekly challenge. I'm enjoying the open challenge. I'm enjoying that whole, and it's simplistic storytelling, but sometimes the simplistic storytelling is the best storytelling, you know, that anticipation of whose music is going to hit. And even, uh, you know, and it wound up being a really good match. But I got to say, Dave, when Neville's music hit on Monday... I was really, really curious on how their styles were going to mesh. And, you know, kudos to both guys. Um, you know, because when, when Nell's music hit, I was thinking, wow, with these two styles, this could really be a cluster F. And, and it wasn't. They, they meshed well. John Cena is bringing out all comers, and, and he's wrestling guys with different styles, and he's, and he's putting on great matches. And I think as a wrestling fan, if you don't recognize what John Cena is doing right now with the U.S. title, with the Open Challenge, everything he's doing, you just don't get it. Yeah, easily. I mean, yeah, Monday night was a prime example of, you know, at least for me when I was younger, you know, growing up as a kid watching wrestling and a champion, whether it be a secondary title or, or the heavyweight title, you know, when they would cut promos, you know, it was standard operating procedure with some of these guys that were champions would say, I'll take on all comers, any size, you know, uh, uh, you know, anybody. And that's what Cena's been doing. I mean, he's had Barrett, who was a pretty big guy, Kane, you know, Cody Rhodes, now Neville, uh, Sami Zayn. He's worked with guys of all different shapes and sizes, and he's had some pretty damn exciting matches with, 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 with these guys, and all very exciting in different ways. So... Um, 
I agree with your point you made earlier about the, the hard-hitting style that, that Rusev and Cena bring together, and their matches have gelled real well. And I think we're going to see a lot of that tonight. I think we'll see a lot of, as Dusty Rhodes would say, a lot of plunder, baby, um, you know, to, uh, to, to really amp up the I-quit stipulation between the two. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on the United States Championship. It's, like I said, easily the best thing that's been on Raw since WrestleMania. Totally agree with you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We got so many more matches to get into. We got to get on the phones and get you guys out here giving us your opinions on tonight's payback extravaganza. But right now, you know, we we added this, and this is something we do every pay per view show because this is the best pay per view pregame that's out there right now. This is what you want to be listening to, and we've added. Which is really, it's a cool segment, so if you're like, if you're into the wrestling history, sit back, enjoy this next segment, because we do this every pay-per-view pregame. It is time right now for Dave's pay-per-view throwback for payback. Dave, take it away. Good evening, class. Welcome to another lesson plan that is bound to expand your minds. Tonight... WWE will present the third installment of Payback. Now, Payback and Retribution has been a constant in WWE storytelling over the years, and in some cases, outside of the ring as well. Tonight's lesson plan, I've entitled Identity Crisis. Some of you may ask, what's your reasoning behind that? Well, over the years, the month of May and WWE pay-per-view events have gone through identity changes, leaving unpredictability to the viewing audience. From the beginning, as a part of the 1990s In Your House brand, to holding court for over nine years as Judgment Day, to a short-lived run for two years, or should I say three years, excuse me, as Over the Limit, all the way to what we've come to know as payback. Pay-per-view events in the month of May in WWE over the years have come to change titles almost more so than the big show has changed from heel to babyface turn in his WWE tenure. Regardless of the name of any given pay-per-view in the month of May, somewhere along the way, we've come to live through some memorable moments in WWE pay-per-view history. Which brings me now to my first point. 1996, May 26 of 1996, I may add. Florence, South Carolina at the Florence Civic Center. In your house, beware of dogs. The only thing to beware on that evening was not a dog, but the wrath of Mother Nature. As a severe thunderstorm wreaked havoc, so much so that the power to the arena and the WWE satellite television trucks went out, causing the pay-per-view feed to cut out. Before the storm took out the power to the Florence Civic Center, Billy and Bart, the smoking guns, defeated... Henry and Phineas, the Godwins, to win the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championship. I mentioned him earlier. The Wild Man, Mark Marrow, with Sable, got the best of a young Connecticut blue blood, Hunter versus Helmsley. Now, the power outage occurred at the beginning of the Caribbean strap match between Savio Vega and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This match, along with other matches to follow, still took place in the arena with very little light, but was not broadcast on the actual pay-per-view. 
The power and speed were restored just before the main event, pitting the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship against the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. So with a pay-per-view event being held hostage by Mother Nature herself, WWE decided to return the favor and pay back the audience, giving them Beware of Dog 2, airing it for free to the customers who ordered the pay-per-view two nights prior. WWE re-aired the matches that made air on the Tuesday evening live replay, and then we got live matches, which contested of the mighty Yokozuna against the man they call Vader, the Caribbean strap match, which saw Savio Vega defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin, which then resulted in the departure of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, who at the time was Steve Austin's manager, and a casket match pitting the bizarre one, Goldust, and The Undertaker. The first time in WWE pay-per-view history that a pay-per-view did not air due to weather, and the first and last time to this date that a WWE pay-per-view has emanated from the state of South Carolina. The following year, 1997, it was a cold day in hell in your house, and the weather did not have an effect on this event, as it was the first pay-per-view singles encounter between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker for the World Wrestling Federation Championship, and it did not disappoint. In the years following, the Rattlesnake and the Dead Man have wrestled in singles pay-per-view matches six more occasions, two of those which occurred at May pay-per-view events with Over the Edge, 1999, and Judgment Day, 2001. Speaking of Judgment Day, it was the second annual 60-minute Iron Man match in WWE history at Judgment Day in May of 2000. Triple H and The Rock added a new chapter to their classic rivalry, with Triple H coming out the victor 6-5 to five and reclaiming the WWF championship. Now, May pay-per-view events have seen some classic matches, but have also been home to some brutally physical encounters. Upon my research, either the WWE forgot to delve deeper into their research, or they expected a novel wrestling historian like myself to forget a certain match that took place at Judgment Day 2001. What I'm referring to is a match that WWE recently told us, the paying customer, that it never aired on WWE television. I'm talking about the chain match. A variation of the dog collar match, which WWE explained in the build-up to the Russian chain match at last month's Extreme Rules event between John Cena and Rusev. They said that it was never televised in WWE history. I hate to be the guy to call you guys out in Stanford and say you wrong, you're wrong, but I would like to just politely remind you that at Judgment Day 2001, Triple H defended the Intercontinental Championship against the Big Red Machine Kane in a chain match. And in 2001, the one thing that this match had that Cena and Rusev's match lacked was the one thing that tickles Ken Reedy's pickle more than producer Michelle. And that's blood. Lots of blood. Other brutal matches to occur in the month of May on pay-per-view saw Triple H and Chris Jericho go to hell in a cell in 2002. 2003, Brock Lesnar and the Big Show waged war in a stretcher match. And Ken Reedy's favorite JBL match took place in 2004 when the blood was indeed flowing in his WWE Championship match with the late, great Eddie Guerrero. But one match that seems to fit like a glove with the month of May 
is the I Quit match. 2005 Judgment Day, 2010 Over the Limit, and 2011 Over the Limit were all hosts to this brutal match. The other variable that I should mention is that all three of those I Quit matches were for the WWE Championship. And another variable variable I should mention, the champion in all those matches, all three of those I Quit matches, John Cena, the current United States Champion, in tonight's I Quit match as he faces Rusev. Cena goes in into tonight's I Quit match with Rusev with an impressive 3-0 and record. In 2005, he made his first WWE pay-per-view title defense against JBL in a bloodbath of an I Quit match. 2010, at Over the Limit, he forced the animal Batista to deal with it and say, I quit. And in 2011, The Miz was added onto Cena's I Quit resume. Will Rusev join that elite fraternity tonight? At payback? It was just a few weeks ago we witnessed Bad News Barrett become WWE royalty and win the 2015 King of the Ring Tournament. Well, in 2006, at Judgment Day, the finals of the King of the Ring Tournament commenced and the reign of King Booker began. As Booker T defeated Bobby Lashley to become the 2006 King of the Ring winner. Fast forward a few years later, and Judgment Day was no more. We were now going over the limit. But that didn't last long either, as in 2013, Payback made its pay-per-view debut in WWE. Since then, Cena and Ryback went through three stages of hell. Crybaby CM Punk wrestled his last Chicago WWE pay-per-view televised match against Chris Jericho. And last year, The Shield and Evolution tore down the house yet again with the Shield winning in a clean sweep and a no-disqualification six-man tag team elimination encounter. In closing, I normally attempt to bring my lesson plan full circle, but in this case, I can honestly say I can't find anything clever to close out this lesson plan with. What I can tell you is that you will not find a segment like this on any pay-per-view pregame podcast, quite like I do it here on the Ken Reedy Show the originators of the pay-per-view pre-game podcast on 1640 PWPR. That's 1640 PWPR. Not like how Mike Ferrara says it, sounding like a pirate when he heavily pronounces the R. So with that being said, class, I know you've been informed. I know you've learned. And I, I know now, more so than ever, you're dismissed. As in class, dismissed. Until next time, this is your 1640 PWPR, Ken Reedy Show, resident wrestling historian Dave Rosenbluth, reminding you to help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. Uh, that was awesome. A little Bob Barker. And, yeah, it's fine. It's good stuff. You know, I, I, always, I always get a kick out of that segment, man. But, I like, yeah, one of my all-time favorite matches was uh, that Judgment Day match with uh, Guerrero and JBL. And, uh, it's one of the few matches. Like, I used to have a, a group of guys that uh, we would all get together, uh, you know, my buddies, and we'd watch uh, pay-per-view. And that, that match was one of the only times that uh, <laughs> grown men, they, they were turning away from the, uh, the TV screen, the, the, the blood coming out of Guerrero. And it was just like, like, I don't know about you, Dave, when you saw that match, but it was like, you know, I know it's wrestling, and I know about blading, and, and the whole nine, but it's like, could could Eddie like 
like not make it out of this ring. I mean, it, there was just so much blood, and it was almost like it was, it was like a deep red, like almost purplish, like he, he severed an artery or something. But uh, one of those matches where it was like just just absolute buckets of blood coming out of Guerrero that night. Yeah, if you go on the uh, the show chat right now on the Kennedy Show Facebook page, I just posted a picture of um, uh, of the Eddie Guerrero JBL Championship match from that Judgment Day, and I'll be honest with you. I was not too thrilled with the build-up towards that match in 2004. I didn't really buy JBL as a main event contender. I thought, okay, he could, as far as he could go, is probably United States Championship material. And I just felt that Guerrero had deserved a better challenger than him. Maybe somebody like a Big Show, uh, who who had some credibility in the main event, or even Kurt Angle. Um, but you know, at that time, SmackDown suffered a lot of injuries and departures. Brock Lesnar had left WWE. Kurt Angle had neck injuries. Uh, Big Show took a leave of absence, so um, JBL was next promoted in line. And true story here, Eddie Guerrero was actually the one that pitched the idea um, to to have JBL work the main event. He pitched it really hard. Uh, WWE at the time was looking for new stars and new main event talent. And they wanted to do something with with, with with Bradshaw, but they weren't sure what. And Guerrero was the one that pitched the idea. But after watching that match. I was sold on JBL as being an eventer. I mean, the, the the heat that he had in the Southern California area with the Latino audience was very old school heat. It came across to me because um, if you remember, I think uh, Eddie Guerrero's mother had suffered a heart attack in the storyline um, at a house show, and it was caused by um, some interaction with JBL in the ring. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely a bloodbath, and it was probably um, if it didn't have any juice in terms of uh, storyline uh, heat, you know, going into it, which it certainly did, but it didn't have some juice then. The the the, the blood made it all that much more, um, uh, you know, heavy in terms of uh, drama for the storyline. Yeah, and who knows? You know, and it's funny because when you look back on matches like that, um, you know, as as you got into the new millennium, like you know. We couldn't tell the future. We didn't know where the WWE was going and that they were really going to uh, take out blood completely. And so when you look back on, on, you know, those last few, like, bloodbath matches, uh, a few years later there was a a match between Michaels and Jericho that, uh, you know, and it was Michaels. Michaels had the eye injury. Um, But you didn't know that, like, it was all coming to an end, and uh, you know, I, I, again, like I, I just, I, I'm probably just a sick human being as I, I look back on these bloodbath matches with such fondness, like, oh, I miss the days when people just dropped buckets of blood in the ring. Oh, I just, I'm a sick, sick man. Anyway, speaking of sick man, let's go out to the phones because at this point in time, you're about to enter the Ferrara zone. Hey, what's going what's on, guys? Like Listen, I gotta tell you, I like, I, I love. I'm always intrigued. I, I always love the uh, the pay per view history and the lesson, Dave. You're a great guy, and I love the pirate shot. But I gotta tell you, I don't know. I guess not because you haven't been listening to my my uh, my recent shows. I don't know why, because everybody's been listening to it, and and I actually been getting really good comments about it. And our my I, I call my producer, my producer, Mr. Pat. King Firehawk told me I hit a home run with my guest uh, last week. I got like an A plus 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 plus. I've never gotten it before. I'm I'm excited about it. So there is no more pirate. I'm not going to give it away because I want people to listen to it. But there is no more pirate. It's uh, 
it's no more. So when I do my 1640 PWPR, it's it's no more pirate. Pirate is gone. Well, that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, well, all right. So oh, um, so before I go on, I got, I actually have something to tell you because I was just on. You know, we no, were talking about you. yeah. We, yes, I have to because I was on. Listen, I I told the top rope report that. You guys remind me of the Monday Night Wars. I don't, you know, we're all in the family. I get it. And I don't know where to go. You know, I go on their show. I give my analyst expertise on their show. And here's what I was told to give to Dave. This is a message from Mr. Trivia. He says that his, yes, it's for you, Dave. He says his left field, out of left field pick tonight is Seth Rollins is going to win, but the re- they're going to have the reformation of the shield. Did he think of that one all by himself? <laughs> well, I hope he's not like one of because there's that picture circulating online of the kid that's going to drink a bottle of bleach if the shield doesn't uh, reunite. So I, I hope, <laughs> Me neither. I no, hope yeah. He's not in that state of mind. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, and I right. and I hope it doesn't happen. I, I like right. where all three guys are individually right, right now. Right. Um, and I, I, got, I don't. We're going to see that. I, I just, I, I, that's pretty much it, I guess. I just, I, I, I agree. I, it's like his show kind of is kind of, uh, go ahead, sorry. No, it, it's, it's a, you know, I think a lot of people are, are, are thinking more with their heart than with their heads. Um, mm-hmm. Character wise, especially, look, you had Roman Reigns, they built up, uh, the crowd kind of turned on him. They did their 24 mm-hmm. special on the network, and you got mm-hmm. people that I think are kind of coming back around to rooting for Reigns. Uh, so, you know, for Reigns, like I think his character is starting to gain a little bit of steam again. You don't necessarily mm. want to take a guy who's starting to move forward as a singles competitor back in a group. At the same time, Ambrose <laughs> is really gaining a lot of steam as a singles competitor. Um, and then you got Rollins, who's the top heel in the company. Uh, I, I think they're doing a really nice job with him as this uh, cowardly heel that somehow continues to weasel his way uh, into victories and retaining the title. Um, and I like it. You know, to me, like, the, the not as good, but the heel-type work that Rollins is doing is, is reminiscent of, like, a, you know, classic Ric Flair, where he just figures right. out a way to retain that title. I just look at the three guys as they're, they're moving in the right direction as singles competitors, and, and I, I just don't think it's the right time. To, to reunite the shield. I think we'll see it at some point, but down the road. Um, but I think a lot of people are kind of hoping for it. I, I kind of hope not. Um, that, okay, that's... now here's what his partner, Greg the Nuxter, had to say on this. He thinks, this is, I love it, he thinks that that um, Rollins is going to win, he's going to pin Ambrose, um, because Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns, um, Knocks down, uh, what do you call Well, Spears, I guess. Spears, um, what the heck, Ambrose. And then they're going to announce that the new muscle for the authority is Roman Reigns. Again, I, I, I honestly don't see that either. I want Dave's <laughs> opinion on this. Dave, what do you Dave, think? What do you, I was just going to say, Dave, what do you think? I think, all right, first of all, I don't think the Shield will be reuniting today. Like I said on Monday, there are pros and cons when it comes to this. The cons in this is that the logic is not there that Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose's characters would align back with Seth Rollins and help him keep the title 
considering that he turned on them, on top of the other things that he's done to both of them, respectively, since the breakup. That's one. Secondly, there's, it's still fresh in people's minds that this breakup has happened, and there really hasn't been, like, a definitive payoff in terms of, you know, Rollins getting his comeuppance from either Ambrose or Reigns. And thirdly, all three guys have done a great job, and WWE creative management has done a great job of establishing them all as separate entities. Do I think tonight we will see a tease of a reunion? Yes, I do think we will see that. I think we'll see all three guys triple powerbomb Orton to get him out of the match so that the three of them could kill each other in the middle of the match and, and try and take somebody out so that they have the, 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 the match themselves. That's what I think we'll see. Um, as far as like Reigns turning and being the new muscle for the authority, I don't think that will happen yet. Um, I think it's possible. I think, you know, they have an organic story of the audience kind of turning on Reigns and, you know, maybe with Rollins and the way that his character has acted towards Kane and towards the authority since winning the title, maybe it will come back to bite him in the ass down the road in a few months and then maybe Reigns will be the new poster boy for the authority. It's possible, but I'm not betting. I'm not 100% betting on it. So um, I, I, could see so, I could see something like that taking place, but... I'm not 100% sure it's going to happen. So, Mr. Trivia says, I love Dave, and I, and he's a great guy, and I love this Diamond Dave stuff, he said. But he says, uh, don't forget, if it happens, you, we, you know you heard it here first. And I told Mr. Trivia I will definitely relay the the message. Um, so there's your message, Dave, from Mr. Trivia, and that's what the Nuxter had to say on their show. But that's their show, and now I'm on your show. And I said the same thing. We're all in the family, and I love you guys. You know I support you guys. Like I support them, and I support uh, New Search Live. I don't know if you guys ever heard New Search Live. Joe White is one of the best. I'm going to have him on my show because I just love his... You know, everybody talks about how I rant. This guy rants about stuff, and, and it's just great, and I, and I love it. It's, 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 it's awesome. So we got to check out his show, and... Uh, Shout out to King Firehawk. Him and I are going to be doing a heck of a heck montage of the uh, Nirvana because I'm a big Nirvana fan, and so and, and I'm going to be on his show eventually, and we're going to get the ball rolling on that. But my pick tonight, I think Orton's going to win. I think Randy's going to win tonight. Really? That's now that that I think is is a gutsy call. Um, I, we're, we're going to get we're going to keep it a secret on our picks, but uh, yeah, you know that's could happen and maybe the shield gets uh too fixated on each other and uh randy winds up pulling out a victory but uh the reason why i think that is because i think that the the whole stipulation is is that if seth rollins loses kane's fired from the shield i mean from the shield he's there even me thinking about the shield no he'll get fired from the authority and you know we all know this is coming up i don't know what they're going to do for elimination chamber match um, that's crazy. That's another pay-per-view that just, it just looks like they're just throwing these pay-per-views for the sake of throwing them together. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, so my original pick, and I'm still going to go with it, it's a gutsy call, but I have to make the pick based on the stipulation. Randy Orton wins tonight. Somebody told me they think Ambrose is going to win. I've heard Reigns is going to win. I've heard Seth is going to win, but that's who I'm picking with. Wow, and I'm just like, I'm watching the network right here, so there'll be an Elimination Chamber match for the vacant IC title. Cool really? Stuff. That sounds good. That so, really sounds... Oh, so maybe they'll... Oh, so maybe they won't 
do something with the world's title, and maybe they will. I don't know. So I'm curious, like, and before I let you go, like, you know, we talked about the Fatal Four Way. What match are you looking forward to most tonight? What match? Um, it's it's. Uh, I actually am looking forward to the Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus match. I I hope I see. I'm expecting a lot from these two both talented wrestlers. Um, you know, I think Sheamus is gonna win that. I I that's what I. But that's what I'm looking for most. That's what I'm looking forward to see Dolph Ziggler versus Sheamus. And I'm also curious Ryback versus Bray. So those two matches I'm definitely uh, excited about. Good stuff, Mike. Thanks a lot for giving us a call. Hopefully we get a kick-ass pay-per-view tonight, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, um, just don't forget, guys, to, to keep on listening to our shows on 1640 PWP. <laughs> Great stuff, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. You guys, uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night because we're going to talk about pro wrestling magic, right? Yes, Bye. yes, definitely. You got it. Okay, guys, speak to you soon. Bye. Hey, Diva Michelle. Oops, I, I cut him off early. Oh, that, Sorry, that, that, that was perfect. That, that was perfect. <laughs> you didn't have to. You didn't have to apologize for that. That was perfect. <laughs> um, was anyway, um, you know, he brought it up, and it, it was interesting because, like, I, I was going to go in that direction with the show. Um, and he brought up that match. You know, it's interesting. Ziggler and Sheamus, um, two guys obviously of different size and stature, but seem to work well off each other. Um, I am looking forward to this matchup. I think we're going to get a very entertaining matchup between these two guys. I got to say, like, as much as, you know, say what you, I love the new Sheamus. I am, I am digging this new character so much. I like the edge. I like what he's bringing to the table uh, as far as just this Irish warrior. Um I, I I love it top to bottom. I just he's a bully, and and he's big and strong enough to be a bully. I I am just digging Seamus, uh, you know. And I've, I've I never entered the realm of of being a Seamus hater, um, you know. I've liked him more or less, but I've always kind of been a Seamus fan. Um, I love this incarnation of the character. I I look forward to what these two are going to do against each other. Um, this is a match I wouldn't be shocked if we get some sort of double countout or double DQ or something like that. But if I'm going to pick, I think Ziggler's going to wind up being victorious in this match. And we're going to pick someone, but I wouldn't be surprised if we have some sort of screwy finish. Um, but, but I think this could be a very, very entertaining matchup. These guys really, really uh, work well off of each other, Dave. They do. And they had a good match last month at Extreme Rules. Um, you know, it's interesting. Ziggler won, but Sheamus made Ziggler kisses kiss his arse. So um, I think uh, I'm going to go with Sheamus on this one. The rumor is, is, you know, you just mentioned it, at the Elimination Chamber event, which is a network exclusive, it's not available on traditional pay-per-view. You can only watch it on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. Um, the rumor is, is that Sheamus, Ziggler, Neville, and Barrett will be four of the six participants in the vacant Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber match. So I think since Sheamus' return, he's that bully, he's got an edge, the new look, everything. It's really worked out for him, but I think he needs a victory heading into the Elimination Chamber match in two weeks for the Intercontinental title. I think it will happen tonight against Ziggler. Well, there you go. So the first one we differ on, I got Ziggler, you got Sheamus. But, again, I, I just think it's going to be a very entertaining matchup. And, uh, 
You know, another match that uh, Mike brought up, Ryback versus Bray Wyatt. And it's it's interesting now that it, it's almost becoming formulaic, but it works. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think that this is, again, another one of those, like, in, in the same vein of seeing a Rusev. I think we're going to get a nice, fun, uh, hard-hitting matchup between the two of these guys uh, as the, the, the rebuilding... Um, the reclamation project that is Ryback as he continues to get more and more popularity in the Ryback character gets uh, more and more steam. Um, it, it does seem like with Bray Wyatt, like, you know, he cryptically starts to call someone out. Uh, there's speculation on who he's calling out, and then it's revealed who he's calling out, and then he runs a program with that individual. Uh, that seems to be the formula that Bray Wyatt is, is using right now, but it works. It works for him. Uh, his promos are still engaging. Uh, this is a promo. This is a program that can only help Ryback. Uh, to me, um, this is a tough match for me to call as far as who winds up coming out victorious. Again, another match that uh, screwy finish, double countout, double DQ. Would not shock me at all if we wind up seeing something to that effect. But I, you know, honestly, David, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about it. I'm going back and forth. I guess I'm leaning towards uh, Bray Wyatt uh, as, as my pick tonight. Um, it is a difficult match for me to call right now, but I think, again, as, as we go through this, this pay-per-view, and it's been almost like the running theme for a lot of this year, it's uh, kind of that, you know, the storytelling has been okay, uh, but the pay-per-view itself has a lot of potential to be very entertaining, and this matchup, no exception. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing about this match that um, it crosses my mind is that I think both guys are in need of some elevation. Um, I think since WrestleMania, uh, Wyatt has floundered, in my opinion. And we talked about it briefly on the show the other night about a possibility of a Wyatt family reunion. Um, which I think is very possible. At the same time, I think they're being careful of keeping Harper and Rowan, who are now back together again as a team, away from Bray Wyatt because they want to eventually push Wyatt as a babyface. Um, so I don't know if they want to throw Bray Wyatt back with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, and then like three or four months from now they decide they want to turn him into a good guy. I, I so I think they're, they're they're still trying to figure out what they want to do. But I think Wyatt needs this victory because I felt like going into the match at WrestleMania, you know, with Undertaker, he carried, you know, the buildup and it was great stuff. And I felt that I really felt this time, and I didn't. I normally don't feel this way, especially when it comes to him. But I really felt this time that he needed that victory over Undertaker. That his character needed it because Undertaker is Undertaker, and he will always be um, bigger than life, his character will always be bigger than life, and it will always be seen with you know such high regard and respect, and a loss to Bray Wyatt, especially at this stage in his career, I don't think would have made that much of a difference, considering that he lost um, you know, the match the year before to Brock Lesnar with, with, with the streak. So, I feel like this match for Wyatt, is, a victory is needed for him. Ryback, on the other hand, I also, it's a tough spot for both guys. I think this is the wrong pairing right now for these two guys, personally. Um, the storyline isn't bad, but I just think it's the wrong pairing, because I think both guys are at like a standstill in their characters. I think Ryback could have used something um, after, you know, his push that started basically when he joined Team Cena at Survivor Series last fall, and then the whole firing angle with, with Ziggler and Rowan. 
I think he could have used something following that to really help his status and his character. I thought maybe a victory in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania would have done wonders for him. But whatever the case was, they decided not to go with him and they decided to go with Big Show, which I'm fine with. But this is just an odd pairing for me right now. Maybe i got to get more into it, but I don't see it being a bad match. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw Harper and uh, Rowan make an appearance. I don't know if they'd get involved or maybe it would foreshadow a Wyatt family reunion somehow. I'm not completely sure on that, but I'm going to go with uh, a, a Bray Wyatt victory here because I think he needs it more than Ryback. They have more invested in him and his character uh, uh, as a part of the long-term future of WWE than they do with Ryback. Yeah, and I think that that's really what makes the, the, this matchup like a tough one to, to pick because they both kind of need it. Uh, they both kind of need the victory, so Remains to be seen again. I think it'll be an entertaining matchup. Uh, let's see what happens. Both of us are on board with Bray Wyatt victorious tonight over Ryback. And let's get into some of these other matches. We got a, a Diva tag team match. Um, the Bellas versus Naomi and Tamina. Um, I, I, who cares? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Uh, I respect female wrestling. <laughs> um I I actually like what they're doing right now with Naomi and Tamina. Um, you know this this match. I, I don't know. Like as far as picking, I don't know. I, you know I, they're they're kind of high on pushing Naomi and Tamina. Maybe they win. Maybe it's time for the Bellas to to get kind of uh, a little a little bit of payback, if you will. Um, a, a weird match to pick. Uh, like I said, I, I like the whole vibe with Naomi and Tamina, and I like what they've done with Naomi, and I like that she's she's really kind of a true heel. I mean, she's she's out there just uh, you know, she's just being a bitch, you know, and and uh, she's just taking what she she believes to be hers. Uh, I, I like the turn. I like the character direction. Um, yeah, going back, I guess you know I'll pick the Bellas in this matchup uh, again. Another one like flip a coin, um, but I'm going to pick the Bellas with the with the win. Uh, maybe maybe Naomi and Tamina beat the hell out of the Bellas after the bell. Uh, but as far as the the victory, uh, the Bella Twins will get the winner's share of the purse. In terms of the storyline and the way things are portrayed out, um, I, I I sometimes I mean I I guess. You know, the the turn for Naomi and turning her into a heel, um, it's worked in some ways, but there are other times, too, where, like, she's tried too hard to be a bad girl. Uh, she, to me, at least, she comes across more more like a baby face. But they've been doing a pretty good job changing her look up, uh, pairing her with Tamina Snuka. I like that pairing. Um, and last month, you know, it was Brie Bella that helped Nikki defeat Naomi at the pay-per-view to win the match, and that's what prompted her to bring Tamina Snook in to kind of even up the odds. So I think tonight we'll see Naomi and Tamina win and get the victory, which will then foreshadow Naomi and Nikki Bella for the Divas title next month at the pay-per-view, which I think she'll get the victory and become Divas champion next month. So I'll give a, I'll give a money in the bank prediction, or maybe they'll do it in Elimination Chamber in a few weeks. Who knows? So wait, I didn't get. So who you're picking, Naomi and Tamina? I am picking Naomi and Tamina to win tonight, which then sets up a championship match between Naomi and Nikki Bella, 
whether that's at the Elimination Chamber Network exclusive event in two weeks or at Money in the Bank next month. And then that's when Naomi will win the Divas Championship at one of those events. Wow, so we, we, we differ on that too. That's the second match we differ on. Usually we're... Uh... It's like one or one maybe that we differ on, but we're a little bit different tonight, a little bit different going into payback. Uh, and again, a pay-per-view that's shaping up to be uh, an entertaining pay-per-view. And uh, one match that I find intriguing, we talked about this guy a little bit before with his match against John Cena this past Monday night, um, Neville versus King Barrett. And the one thing I'm appreciating a lot about Neville, and, uh, you know, he's a spot guy, and I, and I get that, um, but... You know, he's one of those guys that, you know, I'm one of those wrestling fans that I, it bothers me a lot with the, uh, you know, how they just disregard weight classes. And, and I'm the type of wrestling fan, like, maybe I'm a little too old school, but, uh, you know, a 6'5", 300-pounder uh, would, would kill someone who's, you know, 5'10", 200 pounds. Um, that's just real life. That's how life happens. Um you know, we they blur the lines of reality a lot in, in wrestling, obviously. And uh, a lot of times you have undersized individuals going up against guys that are much bigger than him. And for me as a fan, um, it, it's tough for me to wrap my brain around that. I usually am not a big fan of the pairings uh, in those type of matches. However, there are certain guys that are able to kind of win me over and... Daniel Bryan was one of those guys that, you know, he was so fast in the ring and so kinetic in the ring that he almost made it believable that he was so much quicker than a guy who was twice his size that he made it believable. And that's the thing. Like, I, you know, we grew up in the age of kayfabe. We grew up with the idea that wrestling was, was not scripted, that it was a real fight in there. And so you needed to have a guys in a similar weight class going against each other. That was just... Kind of what we grew up with. Um, I I like that that like what Daniel Bryan brought to the table that he he made me at least think, hey maybe a guy that size could beat someone twice his size if he was that fast. I think Neville has kind of brought that aspect to the table. Now he's he's got a lot of uh, growing to do, a lot of fine tuning, uh, but some of the spots that he he pulls out are are just unbelievable and. I like what I'm seeing out of him, and he's kind of brought that aspect of, you know, even though I'm smaller, I'm so much quicker than the guy I'm in the ring with that you believe that he could beat someone twice his size. I'm really looking forward to this matchup. I think King Barrett versus Neville is going to be a very entertaining matchup. And, again, like when I look at this pay-per-view, again, it's a tough match for me to call, uh, to put a pick in. Um, Newly crowned King, you look at him like, he should get the victory. However, you know, losing the match, Barrett's temper tantrum afterwards as King could be very entertaining. Him going after Neville after losing could be very entertaining. Um, it seems like they're pretty high on Neville, so they, they give Neville the victory. You know, I, I keep going back and forth with this, but my gut is telling me to go with the King. Long live the King, and, and I am loving this gimmick for Barrett. I think this works. This is a hundred percent. We again, we criticize a lot. Give creative its due when they do something that's working. Barrett, a guy that a lot of talent at times seemed like they really didn't know what to do with him. 
Love the fact they brought back King of the Ring. Love the fact they slapped the King moniker on Barrett. Love what he's doing with the gimmick. So as of right now, and I might change as I'm watching as the pay-per-view starts going, but my pick is Barrett for this. But I, I think, again, we're in store with a very entertaining matchup with these two guys. What's interesting about this match, and, you know, I'll break it down for you, so please have some patience here. First thing, um, you know, they had a great match last month at the Extreme Rules kickoff. They had a great match in the King of the Ring finals. Now we're in the rubber match between the, between the two. And they are very high on Neville, but they're also very high on Barrett. They've been very high on Barrett for a while. The injuries have plagued him. Um, and Mick Foley wrote a great blog on his Facebook page about Barrett and, and his future as a main eventer in WWE. And this could be like the tipping point, the starting point for him with this King Barrett gimmick. I mean, there have been guys in the past who have won King of the Ring, and it's been treated with their characters as just like another notch on their belt. I've always been a big proponent, especially with the King of the Ring tournament, that they take that 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 that, that, that victory and, and ownership of being the King of the Ring and really run with it with their character. A lot of guys didn't really do that. I mean, Bret Hart won it in 93, and he was attacked by Lawler, and he never really, like, it was acknowledged he was King of the Ring, but, you know, the following year, his brother Owen, the late Owen Hart, he ran it. He was the King of Hearts. He wore the crown, you know, his... His, 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 he changed his, his ring gear with, the with you know, King of Hearts and Little Crowns and Hearts and stuff like that. He kind of really accepted that role. Booker T, who had been floundering for years in WWE, he, he for the most part, his in-ring work is great and he was an entertaining person, but his best stuff in WWE was his King Booker stuff because he really just molded into that role. And it really, to me, in my opinion, Foley brought it up too in his blog, really helped cement him and his Hall of Fame career. And I think that's what this could do for Barrett. Not saying that he'll get into the WWE Hall of Fame anytime soon, but I think this right here, winning King of the Rings, is, is, is a tipping point for him to, to to be in the main event, to be a part of the title picture, you know, in the next couple of years. I really, truly believe that. Him, it, him accepting this role and really running with it, 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 I think it's a good thing for him, and I'm, and I'm glad that, He's one of the few guys that have done it. I mean, there have been past King of the Ring winners like Edge and Brock Lesnar and Steve Austin, who it was just another notch in their belt. It was just another accomplishment. But some some of these kings have taken it so seriously that they their, their, their characters let it become them. They become the king, you know, and I think that that's pretty cool. Um, as far as this match goes, it should be an excellent match. Both guys have worked well with each other in the previous two encounters. I think because Barrett's got the King of the Ring title to him and because he's acknowledging this, I don't think they're going to give him the victory. I'm going to go with Neville. They're, these are two names that are rumored to be heading into the vacant Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber match in two weeks, and I think each guy is going to have some form of credentials heading into the match. Like I said earlier, Sheamus' victory, potential victory over Ziggler tonight – could be momentum heading into that chamber match. Um, and Neville beating Barrett could be momentum. Barrett being king of the ring could be momentum heading into that chamber match. And whoever else they decide to put in the match, will, 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 will uh, you know, their characters will have their momentum heading into that elimination chamber match. I'm not trying to think too far out here, but I'm just trying to think smart-wise. They, Neville came up short beating 
John Cena on Monday night. I don't think they want him to lose again so close to such a great match he had with John Cena. So I'm going to say he's going to squeak out the victory over Barrett. Wow. Third match we differ on. This is craziness. But I, I think this is good. I, I mean, I think there's a testament, at least, if, if the writing and storytelling hasn't been great going forward, they put together a pay-per-view where, you know, we're, we're bringing up uh, rationales and, and points where, you know, either guy can win. And, and, you know, again, you watch this stuff enough and you, you get really good at predicting things. I, I think it's it's a sign that, like, this could be a very good pay-per-view that we're differing on our picks. That these picks are so cl- These matches are so close and they can go either way. Um, third match that we differ on, and that's very unusual for us going into a pay-per-view. Usually, again, we like there's one that we differ on, and we've done pay-per-views where like we we pick the same like for every match. I hope I got to be careful because there was a pay-per-view a few years ago where I was watching with a buddy of mine, and we decided to uh, bet a shot on on each match, uh, and somehow I got like every match wrong, and I. Just I didn't even remember the main event. Like it was just it was a bad scene. But uh, hopefully, you know, maybe maybe tonight since we differ, I won't be betting uh, betting any booze because uh, it might be an ugly night for me. So uh, let's go. Let's move forward into the uh, the rest of this pay per view card um, as we've picked so far. Let's get into the tag team championship match. Two out of three falls as uh, the new day uh, wrestling basically with. Uh, you know, the Freebird rules, um, interesting stuff. I am digging the New Day now, especially being full-on heels and being uh, the big smiles and stuff. Uh, I, I think that I love Xavier Woods. I, I think this gimmick is has got legs now all of a sudden. Um, I, I was unsure when it started, but uh, as heels, I am digging it. And like I said earlier, I absolutely love the pairing of Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. To me, they got a, an old-school... Uh, flair about them as far as being a, a tag team. Um, I, to me, it's a, it's a tough match to, to call as well. It wouldn't shock me if Kid and Cesaro wound up with the belts at the end of this matchup. However, I just feel like the, the New Day and, the, and their recent heel turn and, and the direction they're moving in, having those belts gives them a little bit more heat. I, I just feel like that's, you know, they want to keep those straps on them for at least a little while longer. Um, so my pick is going to be New Day. I think we're going to have a very entertaining matchup. Um, I, the styles in this match are, are, are great. I think they work well off each other. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm picking New Day to retain their tag team championships. I'm going to agree with you, but here's what I'm going to hope. I, I would say optimistically predict far as this match goes. First of all, I think it's going to be a great match. It stole the show the last pay-per-view. They, they, both teams work really well together. I'm a huge Cesaro fan, and I've become a, I've become a big Tyson Kidd fan with this pairing. I just think it worked really well with the two of them. They have, like you said, an old-school flair. They remind me of like a newer version of like, like a present-day version of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard to me. That's how they come across to me, just their style. Tyson Kidd's a little bit more of a flyer, and neither Tully nor Arn were flyers, but he's also a very good technical wrestler, which both Arn and Tully were as well. So that's what they remind me of. I love the pairing. It's worked really well. They both were floundering. I was not a huge fan of putting the two of them together at first, but they really meshed well together, and I don't want to see them break up anytime soon. The New Day gimmick, as 
gone really well. I I had a feeling that by turning them heel at one point or another um, would have been the the thing that was needed for them to shot in the arm and all three are great. Here's what I'm going to optimistically predict. You mentioned it earlier, the free bird rule. Okay? This match is a two out of three falls match. Each fall is considered a single match. Now, at one point or another in the past several weeks since they've won the championships, all three guys have worn the belt in some way. Some of them, you know, there's been tag matches where, you know, Xavier Woods has been represented with Kofi or with Big E or Big E with Kofi. They've kind of mixed and matched the, 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 the three when they work together in tag team matches. What if, and this is, this is just wishful thinking on my part, but I think it would be really cool to kind of embellish the Freebird rule that we've talked about, but at the same time also put a new twist on it. Since this is a two out of three falls match, since each fall is considered a single match, what if they went all three falls and each member of New Day was sat out each fall. So you would start the first fall with Kofi and Biggie. Xavier sits out. Second fall would be Kofi and Xavier. Biggie sits out. Third fall would be Xavier, Biggie, Kofi sits out. Kind of an interesting twist to the Freebird rule, don't you think? I, I agree. I think that would be cool. Um, why and why not? Why not? Why not add like another another twist to things? I mean, overall, I think the match will steal the show. I think it will be the best match on the pay-per-view. Like I said, they've worked really well together. And uh, I just hope that, you know, tonight we see, I mean, we've seen a resurgence in tag team wrestling in WWE, but I think tonight, I I think they're going to really put a stamp on it as far as, like, it's going to become a a serious focal point in their storyline. And the rumor is, that they want to do the first ever tag team elimination chamber match at this elimination chamber event in two weeks. There's been talk of doing four teams, and there's been talk of doing six teams, which means two team two guys from one tag team would be locked in a pod, and they both come out at the same time. So it would be like a tornado style war inside the chamber. So it would not shock me if there was some sort of messed up finish, which required, um, you know. For them to build towards the tag team elimination chamber, it would not surprise me in the least bit if the other, if there are a few other teams that get involved in tonight's match, setting up the, the tag team elimination chamber. Uh, maybe they'll even announce it tonight on the pay per view to preview as the network exclusive. But that's the rumor I'm hearing: tag team elimination chamber coming up in two weeks. So we might see, uh, you know, something foreshadowing that in tonight's tag team title match. But it should be a great match. Show stealer, in my opinion. I can see it. I totally agree with you. I, I see it, and then you know, I think both teams have distinguished themselves. Uh, it's a very entertaining program. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's not enough positives to say about what these guys are doing. And, and tag team uh, elimination chamber would just be awesome. So potentially a show stealer. And we both agree that the new day will come out victorious so going over as as we went through our picks of the night dave and i both agree that the meta powers are going to win we also agree that scene is going to win we differ though where i'm picking ziggler and dave is picking sheamus uh i got the bellas and uh dave's got naomi and tamina and i got barrett 
and Dave's got Neville. Those are the matches we disagree on. We both have Bray Wyatt winning, and we both have New Day winning. So as we run down our picks of the night, and we hit on this a little bit with our callers, but Fatal 4-Way championship match tonight. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton. So much speculation surrounding this match. Who's going to come out victorious? Who's going to have the gold? Will we have a Shield reunion? Will someone drink a gallon of bleach? So many things hang in the balance of this fatal four-way matchup. I think we're going to have a very entertaining matchup. And as I said earlier, and I will bring it up again, I'm really enjoying Rollins' heel work. Um, I think Seth Rollins, look, he's he's good. He's not great. He's he's moving towards great. I think he cuts a an okay promo. I don't think he's great on the microphone. I think he is very good in the ring. And I am digging his whole um, weaseling out of things and, and retaining that title. It, it's such a true old-school heel kind of feel to him. Um, he's a true heel, and I know I say that a lot, um, but I, you know, over the years, we've had a lot of heels that were not um, not true heels, in a sense, that, you know, they, they were cool, and uh, people cheered for them, and it was kind of a, kind of a gray area. You know, I, I, I am an old-school guy. I like good versus evil. I like a guy I can boo. I like a guy I can cheer, and uh, Seth Rollins is a true heel, He's a smarmy, weaselly, uh, entitled jerk, and I love it. I think it works so well. Um, as I said earlier, I do not think we're going to get a Shield reunion today. Uh, I think we'll have a spot at some point where Randy Orton is knocked unconscious or out of the ring or something where we'll have at least a standoff uh, with all three members of the Shield hinting towards whether it's it's sooner or next year's main event at WrestleMania, but we'll have a hint of a, a triple threat match between the three of them. But we'll definitely have a standoff, a moment where they'll be staring, you know, all three members of the Shield will be staring at each other. And, of course, we'll get an obligatory, this is awesome chant. Um, but I think this match is going to be very entertaining. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think we, we've, had a, we've reached a point right now, which is great for the Shield members. But I think as far as stock goes i think rollins reigns and ambrose all three of them their stock is on the rise uh putting them all back together in the shield would be a dumb dumb move they're 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 on the rise they're 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 in they're moving in the right direction as singles competitors makes zero sense um to uh put them back together in the in the shield uh randy orton in the mix you know randy orton's gonna probably pull some rko out of nowhere because that's what he does um, so I think it's really going to be entertaining. And, Dave, you know, you said it before, and I think you're right. You know, putting them back together almost neuters all the storytelling and all the wrongdoing that Rollins has done to Ambrose and Reigns up until this point. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you, you take, for instance, the, the breakup last year, which, by the way, was done very well. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw that Rollins was going to be the one to turn. A lot of people thought it would have been Ambrose. Um, but Rollins did the Rollins was the one that you know signaled the turn, and he broke away from the pack. And what was interesting about that was was that Reigns kind of backed away. Ambrose was the one that kind of took it personal, and 
Ambrose was the one that was hunting down rounds for months and months and months. It was probably some of the best stuff that they had done, um, you know, in, the, in their rivalry, you know, with the pay-per-view matches and uh, the, the, the attacks and the false finishes and things like that. So, just just not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but breaking news. Uh, yeah, Axel has a big blonde mustache on tonight. You broke and news the blonde for and the blonde wig. You 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 interrupted my my, <laughs> my theory with breaking news on somebody's grooming, like facial grooming, facial hair grooming. I think you're right. That, that was so like, long of me. For, <laughs> what was I think? You could all right, if you broke the news and said something to do with Hulk Hogan, then it'd be a different story. But close enough, Axel Mania, Hulkamania, whatever. Anyhow, like I was saying, now that we're on the topic of mustaches. Um, <laughs> Rollins, you know, there still seems to be some unfinished business between Rollins and Ambrose. Rollins had, um, you know, had the Hell in the Cell match with Ambrose, which was a really good match, and then Wyatt got involved, and then that's how you shifted over. That's how you kind of put somewhat of an end to that and continued with Wyatt and Ambrose, but there still seems to be stuff that's unsettled between the two between their two characters. And now you get Reigns in the mix and then Orton's kind of the oddball, the wild card and all this. Um I don't see a reunion. I see like I said like I said earlier, I see a tease of maybe them like triple power bomb and Orton taking them out of the match so they can go kill each other. Um but I'm gonna pick Rollins in this case because I think he still needs to establish his run. I think it's too early for him to lose the championship. And I think with, like you said, the Weasley character, this is a perfect opportunity to get, you know, three guys that hate him so much kill each other, and he just kind of sneaks in there and gets the victory. Now, something you didn't mention earlier was Kane. You know, apparently there's a stipulation in place now that if Kane, if Rollins doesn't leave Payback as the champion, Kane will be fired. Um, I think we'll see Kane try to cost Rollins the championship because he's just so fed up with being, you know, put in his place, so to speak, by Rollins that he'll try to cost him the championship, but it will fail, and Rollins will still walk out as the champion. Um, I think Kane will play into the, the finish of tonight's match. I think as far as Ambrose and Reigns go, I think Ambrose, something's going to happen tonight with him in this match where it's going to be like a launching point for seeing more storylines focused on him towards his march to the champion, to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match at next year's WrestleMania as a part of the triple threat with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. But I think Ambrose is going to be the one that's going to kind of do something to get people talking. I'm not sure what. I'm not saying a heel turn. I'm not saying that he's going to turn on Roman Reigns. But um, I think he's going to do something in the match where it's going to get people talking and he'll he'll be more involved um, in top storylines heading into WrestleMania next year. Yeah, I think, like, one of the questions is you brought up Kane, you know, and, and, and again, that's what I love about Rollins. Like, Rollins somehow, you know, I mean, even in my head, I could just picture, like, him, like, uh, you know, uh, exhausted look, like, grabbing his title and running up the ramp because in some way, shape, or form, he snuck out of victory. And and, I, I, and I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying what Rollins is doing, you know. I, I just like this, this, this smarmy, entitled... Uh, Weasley champion, uh, you know, he's, he's an easy guy to hate right now. Um, what I'm curious about, though, is you brought up Kane, you know, is this, I mean, they've been teasing it and teasing it and teasing it, you know, that, that Kane, you know, perhaps is, is moving 
back in that direction of of being the monster cane. Um, you know, do do we eventually see this, or do we do we get further teasing? Do we move further towards that? Um, you know, it's it seems like you know, I mean, Kane's not a spring chicken, and you would think at some point like that would probably be you know maybe one more run uh, as as uh, the devil's favorite demon, as as the masked Kane. Um, you know, I, I, again, I, I know I said they keep teasing it. Uh, what do you think, Dave? I mean, do we do we see Kane tonight? Do we see the masked Kane? Do we see a, a definitive firing of Kane? Uh, or do we just see some more uh, teasing and uh, we'll have to wait and see? I think we'll see some more teasing. I think something like that would be saved for, for Raw or maybe they'll save it for the next, uh, you know, uh, you know, event like this Elimination Chamber event. It wouldn't, you know, because it's a network exclusive, it wouldn't surprise me if, if somehow something happens tonight with Kane and they definitively fire Corporate Kane, but he returns as, you know, the Demon Kane, and then they, you know, maybe they set up him in rounds for the title at the, at the Chamber special. I mean, there's been rumors that, you know, those, like I mentioned earlier, those two Chamber matches for the Intercontinental and the Tag Team titles, but there's been talk of, you know, Rollins defending the title and Cena defending his United States title. So maybe we'll see Rollins face Kane at this Chamber event as kind of like a throwaway to kind of put some finality on, on that storyline. Um, and then you get a Rollins coast to SummerSlam doing whatever he's going to do. But I just think that, you know, him weaseling his way out of this match with some involvement from Kane only helps further the turn that they're eventually pushing towards with Kane, as well as helping um, cement the uh, the status of Rollins as the champion. And uh, I think that when Kane does turn and goes back to wearing the mask and, 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 and the demonic character, I think that's going to play into Brock Lesnar's return. The only reason why I say that, I think... I know I'm kind of pushing it out here, but I think it's important to make mention of this. I think Kane's path of destruction when he returns as that demonic character is going to infuriate the authority, which then they're going to blame Seth Rollins for all this because he basically started this. And then Triple H and the authority are going to punish Rollins by having him defend the title at SummerSlam against Brock Lesnar. And that's how they introduce Brock back to WWE television storyline. That makes sense. I mean, that's the, you know, it's funny because, like, that's the big variable. You know, Brock Lesnar and his contract, he still, you know, has a rematch. Um, you know, he's suspended. You know, they bring him back. You know, it's as as you, you know, talk about the Shield and, and wanting the triple threat and, and all this other stuff surrounding the championship. There's, like, Brock Lesnar looming uh, out there. When do they bring him back? It would make sense for SummerSlam. Uh We'll see what happens. I mean, that story, what you just laid out right there, totally works. Again, we, we, we've said it a number of times on the show, Stanford, if you're listening, you know, we got we got some ideas, and, and you know, we'll work cheap. So, you know, but I think, you know, getting top to bottom now, Dave, you know, and again, I thought it was interesting that we, uh, we differed on uh, a lot of these picks, and my God, the, the Ascension, victorious, so... Not betting booze oh, wow. tonight because we get the first one wrong. And Sandow took the pin. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're 0 for 1. We're 0 for 1. I didn't see that one coming. 
Maybe they really want to push the ascension now, or maybe the maybe, maybe the they're going to be in the elimination chamber. Maybe the meta powers have exploded now due to this loss. We can only hope. We can only hope. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, again, I, I think, like, look, getting back to the pay-per-view, um, you know, it, it's it's shaping up to to be a decent pay-per-view. And I, I'm, like, overall, Dave, I think I'm going to, you know, I think wrestling fans and uh, hopefully tomorrow we're talking that uh, for three hours we're pretty entertained. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by the way, did you pick, uh, you know, for the championship match, the main event, did you, did you make a pick? Yeah, I pick Rollins. You did pick Rollins. Okay, maybe yeah. I missed that somewhere. Okay, anyhow, yeah, it should be an entertaining three-hour pay-per-view. I, I, I truly believe. I mean, the, the I Quit match is going to be, a, like I said, full of plunder, a big one. I think the two out of three fault match is going to be great. I think, uh, you know, Neville and Barrett, Sheamus and Ziggler, the fatal four-way. I, the only dud I could see taking place on this sh- on this show is the Divas Tag match or even the Wyatt-Ryback match. But for the most part, overall, it should be a really solid show. And we are out of time. We'll see you tomorrow, 6.30, 8 o'clock, to get you set for Monday Night Raw. Everyone enjoy Payback for Dave. I am Ken. Good night, everybody.